0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara, And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're helping you get through that required
1: reading. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I am reading a book called The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. Um, Sounds like a Bria book. It really, truly is. I believe it is a um, debut novel. Um, and it is about a um, a world in which uh, you can travel between different alternate versions of your world, but you can only go there if you are not alive on the other alternate version of your world. Oh, that's fucked up. Right. So if you try to go there, uh, then uh, in the space between worlds, the name of the book, uh, your body basically gets like broken in half. So you cannot go unless you are, have died there. So this this company that sends people between worlds has gone around looking for people who have lived very dangerous lives and have basically died in other alternate versions of their life. Oh my God. So it's the people, the people who are very valuable to them are people who, um, who uh, come, who have... Uh, terminal illnesses as children or, uh, for the case of the main character just lived this really dangerous life. Uh, she lived in like, um, an area that had a lot of poverty and a lot of crime and, um, every version of her growing up on like 300 or something different planets or different versions had all died as children. And so she's Holy a shit. So like on the world she lives on, she like, you know, didn't have a way to make a living and all, all of these kind of things. And then, uh, this company like plucks her out and it's like, Hey, you live this dangerous life. You've lived a dangerous life. We think you're probably dead on other versions, and so—and she is dead. Um, That's the premise of the book. The book is so much more complicated from there. Like, I thought that was going to be the whole premise of the book, but the book is actually more of, like, a crime heist book. Um, And it's really, really good. Space crimes. So it's, like— It's like, well, there's not that much space. It's kind of like the space between worlds. Time crimes? Time crime. It is a bit of a time crime situation. It's a bit of um, (laughs) It's a multiverse situation. It's a travel situation. And then it's basically like this main character, um, Kara, realizes that there's things going on with this company that are that are not on the up and up um, and maybe she has done some things that are not on the up and up. It's really fun. I've really enjoyed it. It's one I've really been looking forward to and I feel like it's kind of a, a buzzy um, uh, sci-fi book this year. I think it already got option to be a, uh, a TV show or a movie or something because it's like it's very epic and cool.
0: Um, what are you reading, Mallory? Uh, so I am reading a book called The Scapegracers by Hannah Abigail Clark and it was pitched to me as The Craft But Gay. Oh. And I was like, cool, sold. I don't need to know anything else. Yeah, uh, I found out about it because friend of the show, Alex Brown, who is a reviewer from Tor.com, really liked it. So I was like, oh, well, if Alex likes it, I'm going to like it. And it's great so far. It's kind of like the inverse of the craft where the main character is this uh, girl, teenage girl. Named, her her nickname is Sideways, and she is this like gay, surly, goth teen who's also a witch. And she has doesn't have any friends, but there's this popular group at school, and they hire her to do magic for their like epic teenage people party, and uh, they're really party unlike (laughs) those other kinds of parties, (laughs) cat parties, you know, (laughs) those teens running around doing things. (laughs) Uh, But she impresses them with her magic, and they want to get in on it, so they form this coven. And suddenly she has friends, and they're trying to find her a girlfriend. And it's, like, very sweet, but also, like, really intense. There's, like, a lot of really intense. It's, like, if you liked When We Were Magic by Sarah Gailey uh, or The Craft, this is a great book for you. It's a good, it's, and it's not scary. It's just a spooky book. So if it's, like, you know, it's October. I'm doing that thing where I only read horror and, and spooky things all month. If you're looking for something to read that's, like, you know, october e, but not scary, this is a great one. Uh, so that's The Scapegracers by Hannah Abigail Clark. And mine is The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Helen wrote in, I wanted to share a reading experience with you. My mother had a stroke several months ago, and this was a life-changing event for both my parents and myself due to my mother's care needs. My mother improved steadily, but she continues to have physical, emotional, and mental challenges. I recently began reading out loud to her and has been an amazing experience for both of us. We are reading The Third Rainbow Girl right now. Thanks for the recommendation, Mallory. You're welcome, Helen. Great book. Uh, And it it has been magical. My reading out loud to my mother has given us quiet, intimate time together like we have never had before. We talk about elements of the book with my father throughout the day, giving us new subjects for conversation. And it's engaged my mother's interest more than anything else she has been doing since the stroke. That is so nice. So sweet. What a great story. That's such a sweet story. And um, I love that idea to uh,
1: to have just like a nice, quiet time together.
0: That's yeah, so that's amazing. It's so cool to bond. Like, what a great uh, way to to heal and get better is to bond over a book. Although, Helen is hardcore because bonding over a true crime book, Helen's mom is a badass. <laughs> 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 I love it.
1: So we got a hot book tip from Nate. Wow, wow, wow. We haven't had hot a hot book, book tip, tip in a while.
0: <laughs> hot <laughs> book tip. And we're recording this in the morning, so it's a hot book tip in the morning. Hot book tip in Mallory the morning Brand. with
1: Mallory Prince. <laughs> I'm too tired. Um, this is from Nate. Uh, Nate says I use my e-reader all the time, but after listening to the entire back catalog of the show, I realized that you never stumbled on my reader hack: pop sockets. What? Put one of those bad boys in the back of your reader, and it's so much more comfy to hold. Oh, 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 I didn't know what a pop socket was. It's one of those things you put on the back of your phone that you pop out. Yeah, it's out. for
0: people for tiny fingers that you, like—
1: I didn't know that's what they were called. Um, so put one of those bad boys on the back of your reader, and it is so much more comfy to hold. I don't use a case on mine, just a sleeve, but with the pop socket, I never drop it while reading and can use the reader in more positions and for longer. Oh, we're going to have to test this hack.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to test this out. This is brilliant. This, yeah. is, this is definitely a hot book tip. Definitely. And then Hannah wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is significant sibling relationship, which I, do you think that means just like siblings that are very significant to each
1: yeah, other? Yeah, where it's like a brother-sister
0: or a sister-sister, sis, like, yeah, some sort of sibling that They're wicked close. Situation. Yeah. And then life-defining family, which, do you think that's found family? Wow. I don't know. These are really interesting
1: adjectives that Hannah is using, and I feel like Hannah knows what they mean. I think it's also just significant. That's what I think.
0: Huh. Okay. And then realistic, relatable couple pairings, Uh, familiar locales, LA and Chicago for Hannah, our world, but slightly weird slash off slash different, quirky protagonists, and then media commentary. Ooh, I like media commentary. We don't get that one very often. Yeah, I think that's the first one time we've ever got that in a wheelhouse. Uh, So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Yeah, folks, if you want to sign up on the newsletter, just go in the show notes and it says newsletter. Click on that, put your email in it. If you email us, I'm just going to have to send you that link for you to put your email in. So just click it. And you'll get every month. Me and uh, Bria puts together this great newsletter of all the books we talk about, plus an extra recommendation. It is very worth your time. And then we have some uh, uh, several bookmarks today. First, first off, really excited. Bria's movie Twelve Hour Shift is finally out on VOD. We went to the premiere uh, this past weekend uh, to see it. uh, It was my first drive-in experience ever seeing Bria's movie. How did you feel about the drive-in experience? It was really fun. It was It was just like – it was so interesting because, like, I could – could you hear me laughing during the movie? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I know, wonder – Because we're cause, in separate cars. Yeah. But you're, like, far enough away. But it's just like the, the setup was really interesting, and it was kind of fun to be able to, like, bring your own snacks and stuff. But, yeah. folks, the movie is absolutely – fucking fantastic it is dark it is brilliant it is very very funny it is just like it's such it's great it's a great october movie it's not too scary if you are really afraid of horror movies this is not a movie that's going to scare the shit out of you but it will make you laugh it will make you it it it, it's shockingly tender which is what i keep telling people because like at the core of it like it's about well, Bria, why don't you tell people what 12 hours? To uh
1: it's a it's a nineties. it's this movie set in the nineties in Arkansas about um some nurses who sell organs on the black market, which does make it sound dark, but it is not that scary. It is scary. very dark. It is very dark. Like, don't watch it with your kids. Um but it but um my friends from home were like, uh it's not they don't like horror movies, and they were like, I could watch it. It wasn't too scary, which I think is really funny that they they all sat, they sat through it. Watched it and thought, not too scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's a perfect movie to watch right now because the, the the heart of this movie are these characters, these nurses that you really feel for even though they are selling organs on the black market because they're just so tired and overworked. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, just get these ladies some organs. Like, you feel bad for them. And anybody who's, so like, a fan of horror movies, Angela
1: Bettis is in it who was in the movie May a movie I loved, and um, David Arquette is in it. And if you're a wrestling fan, Mick Foley is in it. So there's quite a few fun faces in there, and a bunch of cool newcomers.
0: It's, it looks gorgeous. The soundtrack's amazing. Bria expertly directed it. Everything is just wonderful. It's such a great movie. It's on yeah, and it's on VOD right now. Just Google Twelve Hour Shift Watch, and there's all I you all, can the get, we, all the places, all the places. And then next bookmark we have is the. Drunken Book Club, which is coming happening the Sunday after this episode comes out. So it's going to be October 11th, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Me and Bria are getting drunk and doing a book club about the, novella, the erotic novella Being Neighborly by Maka James. Uh, so join us. It's, uh, it's, it is an E only story, uh, but it is available on all platforms. Kobo, uh, Barnes and Noble, iBooks, all that stuff. We're going to, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's not going to take you too long to read, but apparently it is very steamy and Bria and I are going to get drunk and talk about it. So uh, true. we're really excited about it. And I can
1: really use a drink. It's been a long week cause I want to p- plug also that my graphic novel came out. Um, oh gosh, yes. G- the Jeez. glassers have been so supportive. It's been so nice because I'm... Very busy, but then I go and look and see and people are like tagging me when they bought it or um, when they're ordering it and stuff like that. And that's been like incredibly sweet of y'all. It actually comes out today, I think, the day that we're recording this. But so by the time you listen to it, it will be out. You can order it. My
0: pre-order is on the way from bookshop.org. Yay.
1: I haven't seen a physical copy yet. So I'm also
0: curious what it looks like. As soon as I get it, I will text you a photo. Please do. (laughs) Uh, and I think that's it oh and final bookmark we know what Sean is reading we do know what Sean is reading it's a book after actually, many months. I want to read too yes after many months we have finally got an update on what Sean is reading in his socially isolated Sean time he is reading Eileen uh, by uh, Otessa Moshveg, which I have really wanted to, actually have I read this book I think I read this I think like you have actually I think I did and Holy it- fuck, yeah. I totally read this book when it first came out, and I completely forgot about it. Uh, yeah, it came out five years ago. Um, yeah, she's a woman who works in a prison. It's like a psychological thriller. But Sean is reading it, so that is all we know. We'll try to get an update out of him of whether or not he likes it. And we have one more bookmark.
1: Wow, Lots of book- So many, so many updates today.
0: This is an annotated episode. This <laughs> is just all kinds of little post-its sticking out of it. Uh, so we got... Probably one of the greatest emails we've ever gotten. I immediately called Bria because I freaked out about it. <laughs> so when we did our book nostalgia episode, we told Pizza Hut to call us if they ever wanted to do a some kind of reading incentive program with us. Well, Pizza Hut didn't call us, but somebody better did. <laughs> That's right. We've got a phone call from your friends at Chipotle. <laughs> Oh, my God. I truly lost my... I actually gasped out loud when I checked the reading glass email address. <laughs> so... Bria's friend Gray, who works at Chipotle, listens to Reading Glasses and heard her call and came to our rescue and has graciously donated some Chipotle free entree gift cards that we were going to be using for the Reading Glasses Challenge this year. So if you complete the 2020 Reading Glasses Challenge, at the end of the year, we're going to be doing this in December, and send in uh, a, like a uh, – a, I say sheet, but we didn't pass out sheets. But if you send us an email, like listing all the how, all the ways that you completed each challenge, and which which what book you read for the fir- for the first five, and how you completed the um the like tasks and activities for the second thing, we will put you into a, a raffle or like a a drawing for free Chipotle entrees. But in, we have quite a few of these gift cards, so you have a really good chance of getting a free Chipotle entree. Uh, so we are. Super excited about them, and I just have to say
1: this about these Chipotle entree cards because uh, I've had them before. Um, free guacamole—you you don't have Which to pay for the guac.
0: What the two be- Two of the best words besides free books or maybe <laughs> free bourbon.
1: <laughs> free guac on these Chipotle gift cards. You're you're welcome to it when you when you order uh, oh, with these gift cards. Yeah, pretty amazing. So-, so finish that challenge, and you could get a Chipotle gift card.
0: So we will be checking in on this. Again, this will be happening in December. We're still a couple months away from the end of the year, which, holy shit, how has this year gone by? Insane. Uh, But yeah, so... Very exciting. Watch Bria's movie. Buy Bria's book. Read Being Neighborly by Maka James, and then join me and Bria at 6 p.m. on Sunday, October 11th, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Everything's always in Pacific time for us because me and Bria live in Los Angeles. And then uh, keep doing your reading glasses challenge. You might get some free Chipotle. So before we talk about required reading, we're going to take a quick break. Macho man to the top rope. The flying elbow. The cover. We've got a new champion! We're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast, oh yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, woke discussions, man, and jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices, myself
1: excluded, yeah. I can't wait to listen.
0: Neither can I. You can find it Saturdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah. Dig it. This week, it's all about required reading. It's autumn, lots of folks are. Back to hopefully virtual. I know a lot of folks, our, 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 our dear uh, friend of the show, Paul Tremblay, who is also a math teacher, is back to teaching real school. So folks all over the country are, are, are back to school and having to read books or stories. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you're in high school. Maybe you're taking a class. Who knows what you're doing, but October and September are definitely the months of getting back to reading things that are required of you. And we usually tell people to dump books uh, that they don't want to read or they're pushing through. But in situations when you can't, we are here to help.
1: Okay, Mallory, guess what I did? I went and looked (laughs) at actual schools required reading lists this fall. And do you want to hear some? Because I thought this was really interesting. So for fourth graders at the Sunset Elementary, these are mostly um, uh, California schools, um, you have Turtle in Paradise by Jennifer L. Holm, which I thought was cool, and Courage Under Fire, which I did not expect.
0: I um, have not heard either, heard of either one of these. I am uh, deeply out of touch with today's youth. At a school called
1: St. Mary's, um, uh, which there's a lot of those, but this is for their sixth grade summer reading, um, included Code Girls by Liza Mundy, that's pretty cool, and Outrun the Moon by Stacey Lee, which I had never heard of, but I read the, uh, the description and I was like, this sounds great, I love this required reading.
0: Um, yeah, I feel very old because I've never heard of literally any of these books. <laughs> okay, wait
1: for it, though. Because once you get older, you get a little older books, I guess. I don't know. One 9 through 12 list had um, everything from Slaughterhouse-Five to the Night Circus, which was Whoa! I know super interesting. And I liked this one because it had direct links to the library um, for people to get it. And then... Moving up at UC Berkeley for entering students there, there's a bunch of lists where it's like, read these books and we can all talk about them or whatever, but some really cool ones on there were um, Exit re- Exit West, uh, Becoming Michelle by Michelle Obama, Normal People, How to Be an Anti-Racist, This Is How You Lose the Time War. I just thought there was That's like- That's amazing. Re- yeah, really cool. Um, uh, like somewhat, I mean, most of these are like, you know, you pick one or something, you um, But some of them were like... Teachers are so
0: cool. I know. They're really keeping up with what's cool. Uh, It's kind of exciting. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So we can all agree, probably for me, especially, honestly, reading something I don't like or want to read but must read is like truly one of the worst things for me it is like i I hate it so much it is like pulling fucking teeth uh luckily i don't have to do it very often uh when i used to do more film work i had to read scripts that weren't great all the time yeah but now that i've sort of stepped back from film and i'm doing it i'm a a full-time author i don't have to do it as much uh it's only once in a while i'll have to like get through a book i don't like but need to talk about in some way so i don't have to do as much required reading anymore what about you bria yeah, well, we both experienced a script
1: issue. Did you know that my first job, one of my first jobs in L.A., I was waiting tables, but I also got a job as a script reader when I moved here. That was my job, and I got wow. paid $50 per script, which is not very much, and I read it for CAA, a big agency, and um, uh, I basically be like, you here's what this script is about to people. It's such a weird job. Totally that is such. A, you're basically a human Wikipedia entry. That's all, yeah, it's super weird. And I would go and pick up physical scripts and then bring them back. It was crazy. Um, Were um, you like, this one sucks. This one's okay. Yes, this one actually sucks. I did. I, you, they wanted your opinion, which is so uh, – I had no qualifications for that job. The qualification was that I had a master's degree, but, like, they didn't require that. That was just, like, what I told them when I went in. It was very strange. That's so
0: wild. Yeah.
1: Um, and then I used to be a graduate student, so I had required reading – all of the time. So I've done a lot of required reading in my life. Um, currently, I'm still required to read a lot of scripts, but not as often as I used to. I still read a lot of scripts for fun, um, but but I'm required to read less. Um And I'm required to read things for our show. We both are. But luckily, they're always really damn good. So we like, we kind of, it's required reading, but it never feels like a chore, which I like.
0: Yeah, we've never had to, and the good thing is, it's our show. We run the show. So we we don't like a book. We don't have to read it. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to have the author on. Yeah. And then my last thing is, like you, I do a lot of research.
1: So I have a lot of self-imposed required reading. Where it's like, I have to do this because it's this my job. Like, no one's checking to do it. But then if I want to make, like, the best thing possible, I should probably do the reading. So that is my yeah. required reading. So I do have quite a bit of required reading at this point in my life.
0: And what? how do you get through it? How do you force yourself to read the required things?
1: I do it when, at the times of the day, when I feel most awake. So for me, that's usually in the morning. Um, if I try to do my required reading any time in my life, I've always had this problem in the afternoon. That's a killer. Like I'm never going to be able to get through that book because my brain has gone off. I, I want to go take a nap. I want to veg out and I cannot do it. So I always have to do it. The hardest thing that I need to do first thing in the morning. Um, I, I do that. I mean, just like side note a lot. I know we have a lot of writers on here. I also do a lot of, I do my writing in the morning because I know that's yeah, not I can't
0: write in the afternoon. Oh it's, God. It's n- nap time.
1: God, no, no way. Um, so lately, it's it's. I've been having trouble cleaning my house, so sometimes I do that first thing in the morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I I if I've required reading that I know has to be done, it has to start very pretty soon after I get up. Like maybe I've gone on a walk, maybe I've you know done the things I need to do, but then it's like it has to happen before like noon because by like two p.m. I'm, I can't, I can't do it. I can't yeah, do it. Any, I get I totally another, hear, like, yeah. I get another um spree around like five or six, but like I, yeah, around mid-afternoon, I am so fucked.
0: Uh, oh, I'm the same way. Mid-afternoon is like time to pet the cats. That's about all I can do. Yeah, exactly. What about, what about you? What, what do you, what, how do you make yourself do required reading? Oh, I fucking shamelessly bribe myself. Yeah. <laughs> I dangle that carrot. Snacks, bourbon, anything. I'll get. I'll even get elaborate with it, depending on how big of a, of a required read it is. Like, I'll tell myself, I will order tacos if I get through this one chapter. Ice cream, a book I actually like. <laughs> I've actually done that before. Like, all right, I will, if I read one chapter of this thing that I don't want to read, I will get to read one chapter of the book that I'm actually reading and actually want to, See what happens. You bribe a book. You bribe a book with a book.
1: Yes. There was a time. I'm sure I've talked about this on the show because I think it's so funny. But there was a time in the '90s when at McDonald's you could get, uh, you could choose your own side, and the sides were like small fries, small shake, small burger. So you could get what? You could get a burger with a side of burger. Like, and what? I just could not like handle a small burger that by, with as an idea. And I was already vegetarian by this point, but I just was like, this. Is it, This is the wildest thing I've ever heard, and I thought it was so funny.
0: It just looked to me like a, a burger surrounded by a bunch of sliders. It just looks like a mom burger with all her baby burgers. <laughs> like it gave birth to other little burgers. That's
1: so weird. But you do like a book with a side of book.
0: Yeah. Like for me, it would be instead of a carrot dangling on a string in front of me, it would be another book. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> I
1: do think bribery is actually the key. Uh, for me, no limitations on chocolate. What's your, what's your, you no limitation rule.
0: Uh, well, pr- the problem is the biggest thing for me would be bourbon <laughs> and I have to put a limitation yeah, on yeah. bourbon so I don't die. Yeah. <laughs> don't die. Um, but I will do like ice cream or the, th- cause the th- or like I will let myself eat unlimited amounts of like smart food popcorn mm, Yeah, or something.
1: Ice cream's a good one. Sugar keeps me going. Sugar keeps me focused. Um, In grad school, I did garlic stuffed olives. I think I've mentioned that on the show. Um, And then I also used to drink a ton of iced tea, like uh, black iced tea. Um, But I don't do caffeine anymore, so I don't do that. But I feel like that's another good bribery is like lots of caffeine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm also a big fan of the manageable chunk. Uh, I use the, 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 the doctrine of the manageable chunk basically in everything in my life. I break everything up into chunks. Uh, even like, even when I, when I could still go to the gym, when we were not locked in this hellscape, uh, I'd break my cardio up into chunks. Like, okay. It's not 45 minutes. It's nine five-minute cardio chunks. And at the end of every five-minute chunk, I get to drink some more water, like Mm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, If I I look at a whole book that I need to read, it seems completely impossible. But if I can do 10 pages or a chapter or whatever, uh, this definitely also works best if you are not a procrastinator uh, because you can't – do a manageable chunk if you have like an hour to do something, you just have to do the whole fucking thing. Um so it's much easier to get through a chapter a day or every few days than having to like cram it all in. Do you know about the Pomodoro method? The Pomodoro method? Yeah, I have uh I, I've seen the Pomodoro thing. It's fine. All the it only is, problem with the, isn't it 45 minute chunks? Isn't that the whole thing? I think you can you can change it so it can be like any any amount of time okay like it could be a 10 minute so what a pomodoro is is you break something into a chunk and then you have like a five to ten minute break my problem with that is especially if i'm reading or writing what if you're like in the groove and it stops you have to like stop you know what i mean well i
1: mean some studies have shown that that is actually good because then you are done you put it away you know it's your job your job is finished and then you know where you're picking up the next day you don't just run out of steam and if you run, because oh, you run true. a scene sometimes I feel like I like write and then I'm like, oh no, I like this is for writing for me where I'm like, and the next day I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, but yes, it depends on <laughs> So you on leave
0: you. yourself a little gas in the tank? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like
1: I'm like, I know what's coming next and I'm excited about it. And my brain will like work on it all day. But I think, I don't know, for reading, if you're trying to get through something a chunk could work if you are able to turn off all of the devices and all of the things. I mean, I think that's the biggest problem with required reading is that we have so many devices and things to distract us.
0: Oh, for sure. And you know what's funny is I I was realizing this the other day when I was re- there's one book that I was reading that didn't have like it had very long chapters mm. and not a lot of like breaks. You know, and I realized that I read books faster if they are broken up into smaller chunks because it makes me feel like I'm going faster. Uh Yeah, that's true. I bet that is true. So if I look down the barrel of like a really long chapter with no breaks, I'm like, oh, man, this is going to take me forever. But if I'm like, oh, this chapter's like two pages and I'll read like I'll read 10 of them, which is was the equivalent of that one long chapter. I don't know what it is. I just love a chunk. yeah i love a chunk. Um,
1: Give me those chunks. I, I, you know, I'm a to-do lister. So um, I don't do chunks. I do like an amount of this each day. So if I'm like, I have to read this nonfiction book for work or something, I will say, okay, today I read one fourth of the book. Um, and that way I find that, like, I just have to get it done. So if it takes me four hours to read that, then, like, because I'm distracted by the internet, like, fuck you, Bria, you still have to get through it, so get through that one-fourth of the book, um, or or page numbers or whatever, so that way I know I'm going to get through Mm -hmm. the book, um... And, and then it's I kind of like to do one fourth or one half or something like that which I know is a lot but if it's work I mean it's work it's like what I have to do and because two one fourths is one half and then you're
0: almost done. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. because there, there definitely gets a reaches a tipping point where you're like well I already got this far into it yeah. you know I, I might as well go all the way and also this is this might not work for everything but depending if it's like you know a required reading book for school or something you, you can see if the book or the story that you have to read is available on audio and then you can at least get it out of the way while you're doing something else. Yeah, which yeah. is like, as a super achiever, nothing is better for me than being able to multitask. I know, same, totally. Uh, getting some required reading out of the way uh, on an audiobook while I'm like vacuuming or doing yoga or something. Ugh what a dream. Like mm-hmm. my dream is to be like one of the, like, like one of those one man band people where nah. I can like write a book in one hand, like clean the litter box with another. You're and playing like harmonica with somehow at the same time yeah. and you're tapping <laughs> a drum. Yes. Like I just love, I am addicted to being productive. Yeah. And uh, I, so that stuff is, is great for me. I think that would be most helpful for like required reading lists for school. Uh, Cause I know a lot of classics and, and stuff are available uh, on audio, like on YouTube or on um, uh Libro FM and um uh there's one Librivox that's oh, yeah. it is a lot of classics are free not Libro FM Librivox um if you're a student and there's a short story or 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 a poem or something that you have to read and you're like can't focus on it get find it for free on Librivox and then like go for a walk or I don't know eat some snacks or sit in the tub or something yeah love it so you can send your thoughts to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com before we answer a recommendation request we're going to take a quick break hello there ghouls and gals it is i april wolf i'm here to take you through the twisty scary heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as switchblade sisters the concept is simple I invite a female filmmaker on each week, and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like the Babadook director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. (laughs) It's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade sisters... Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Jenna writes in, In a recent episode, a listener mentioned Ladies That Fight was part of their wheelhouse, and I took it as a sign that I had to write in. I listen to the podcast while I run as a replacement workout while my MMA gym is closed in the quarantine. Running is great, but I miss my fellow women fighters in kickboxing and BJJ. Don't know what that is. Assuming it's some kind of fighting thing. Um, And would love to scratch that itch with a book. Do you have any recommendations for books featuring some badass women fighters? My wheelhouse is magic, books with a map at the beginning, morally great characters, badass women, strong family slash found family bonds, uh, and traditionally tough men who are smitten with a woman who could totally beat them up. Sounds specific, (laughs) but it's way more common than you think. And the best part of this... P.S. I'm an engineer at an M&M factory, and I love that peanut M&M's made it onto the snack episode. Very funny. Truly fine. one of the greatest book recommendation requests we've <laughs> ever done.
1: Um BJJ is Bra- Brazilian jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. So I was trying to think of straight-up MMA boxing book, um, but I realized I do not read too many of those so i'm sorry jenna uh, my suggestion is of course gonna be science fiction uh but it involves a fighting woman <laughs> the first book that came to mind was um company town by madeline ashby it's about a future in which everyone has um has biological enhancements but the main character decides to stay completely natural um and basically learns to fight like mad and becomes this like um uh, bodyguard to people, and she's a real badass, and she's kind of a morally gray uh, c- character, if I remember correctly. And I do think there's a love story as well, so I think this might check a couple of boxes for Jenna if Jenna is willing to go into science fiction. A book that um, just came to mind um, because you're running so much, I, and I was running a lot for a while, um, is a book called uh, "What I Think About When I What I Talk About When I Talk When I Talk About Running" by Haruki uh, murakami mm um mm-hmm. philip gabriel did the translation um but it, it is really interesting and it's uh it's interesting if you're a runner because it, he talks a lot about running in the streets and what running means to him and like it's just a really interesting book and since you're doing so much running i don't know it could be fun to read i know it's not ladies fighting at all it's definitely not your <laughs> wheelhouse but it could be like a cool a cool thing for for you to jump into um what is your suggestion for this mma fighter slash peanut m&m eater
0: I will. I, I want to say Jenna is not a real person. This is a fake person. An, MF, an MMA fighter who makes M and M's. Jenna is a character in a romance novel. This is not a real person. This is like someone. Jenna is someone that somebody would think up as like, oh, well, who's your dream person? Like, oh, I don't know, an MMA fighter who makes peanut M and M's. Like, <laughs> not real truly not real uh but in all seriousness i think jenna should read the fair fight by anna freeman uh, i have recommended this book a couple of times before uh but i think this is perfect for jenna it's a big honkin' historical fiction novel it's about this girl she's born in a brothel and she's not considered conventionally attractive enough to work there uh so she becomes a bare knuckle boxer She's really tough and she ends up through the course of the book forming a friendship with this like fancy upper-class high society lady who wants to learn how to box, but it's like, you know, she's very, her family doesn't want her to learn how to bare knuckle box. They want her to like get married to a rich guy. Uh, So they form this really interesting friendship and it's just very wonderful and fun. Definitely a lot of badass fighting. The, uh, The main characters are great. Um, there's no M&M's eating, unfortunately. They were not invented back in the, you know, the 1800s. But what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> when was the M&M invented? <laughs> Bria's Bri on it. Well, they were introduced commercially
1: in 1941. Hard to say when they were invented, but that's what they were. They were introduced in 1941 um, uh, after the guy got the idea of seeing um, soldiers eating chocolate pellets with a hard shell during the Spanish
0: Civil War. So that the Ugh. shoulders could carry them during um during hot weather. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, I guess maybe then M&M, M&Ms are great for MMA. Because if you get really hot, you can carry the M&Ms around. I don't know. They might melt. It depends on how hot it is. But yeah. <laughs> Jenna, please get back to us and let us know if you eat M&Ms while you do MMA. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can, so you can send your recommendation request to Reading Glasses podcast at gmail.com. Let's solve the bookish problem from one of our listeners. Jennifer writes in, I recently experienced something and I'm not sure how I feel about it. I would love to hear your thoughts and get some ethical input. I recently attended an event at a local indie bookstore for National Independent Bookstore Day. They featured a table with the popular blind date with a book display. Uh, Books were only $5 each and were wrapped... Uh, and wrapped and written on with a brief description of the book's contents like fiction mystery british hilarious i took a chance and grabbed one since it was only five dollars i got into my car and opened it to discover it was an arc. bum 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 uh, i am of two minds on this one the bookstore operates as a nonprofit, and most of their money goes directly into bringing author events to our, to our city providing fellowships for local writers and generally supporting the bookish community part of me thinks they got around to s- They got around the selling of arcs by masking their titles and likely coding their purchase as a donation to the bookstore. It seems legit. Make a donation and we'll give you a random book from our arc collection. Two, they did sell these arcs, which does not benefit the publisher or the authors. It's possible that the person purchasing the arc might have gotten a book that they would, uh, would have otherwise bought or checked out from the library. The bookstore is in this way stealing from those entities, even if they didn't let people see what they were buying. Where do you stand? Was this right? Wrong? Somewhere in the middle. Bria, what do you think? I feel like we are like it wearing judges cap, like judges robes right now. And like yeah. this book is, this case, this case has been brought to the book court of Mallory. It's been brought to the book court, which I do not want to be
1: the judge or the jury of. <laughs> um, I do not <laughs> want to be a part of judging this because I think, you know, I do think this is, I personally think it's in the middle. Probably. Um, I see the dilemma. Um... I, I I hadn't actually – because I don't go to that many bookstores because I e-read. I have never heard of this blind date with a book thing. I thought that was a very cute idea. Have you heard of this?
0: Yeah. Some bo- some, some bookstores do it for, like, people who are – they don't know what to read next or they're, like, having a hard time choosing. So books bookstores will wrap up books in brown paper and sometimes the, – and they'll the, – Sometimes they'll do more detailed description, but most of the time they'll just be like, oh, this book is scary. This book is funny, Mm -hmm. and it's discounted in some way, and then you just buy it. Yeah, very adorable. I like it. I like it. It's a good way for them to make some cash. And then
1: it sounds to me like the people picking up these books don't know what they're reading next. You're introducing them to a new author, um, and hopefully the idea is the person likes this book. Basically, you hope that they'll purchase the author's next book if they like this book. So I, I like that. And I think that this is the key is to focus on, like, the positive thing that could happen here. I mean, I, personally, I don't want to be the judge and I don't want to be the police. I did not go to school for those things. It is not my job. <laughs> I, if you Listen, if you want some history on the M&M, give me a call. But otherwise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Somebody. Somewhere in Bria's house, there is a a, a, a phone with a little light next to it. And one night at 3 a.m. the light starts going off and Bria goes, hello? 1941! 1941. Yes. <laughs> 1941. <laughs> it was invented to help Spanish soldiers eat more
1: chocolate. <laughs> um, but I understand Jennifer's dilemma here. I think that like the, the focus here from what I think is that um uh Jennifer is really smart. Jennifer understands that this arc probably was not supposed to be sold. And this is probably the bookstores way around it for them to make a little extra money, which they all kind of need right now. Um, But, and and Jennifer is very educated on where her money goes. So I think um, if you like this book, consider sending that author like a little bit of cash, join their Patreon, buy them a little Kofi, coffee thingy, K-O-F-I, that thing that people are doing. Or... I will never figure out how to pronounce that. Yeah, I think it's coffee. But, um, uh, or, or as we talk about all the time, give it a good review. Uh, Pre-order the next one. Money is important, but reviews and pre-orders are going to help them make their next book. So, yes, while this is sort of like a strange, like, way to get around selling arcs, I also am like, uh, I understand this bookstore may have, like, a hundred arcs that are the same and they don't know what to do with them. I, I kind of, like, think that... I know no, not everyone's going to agree with this, but I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe someone would have bought that book otherwise, but I actually don't think they would have because they, cause they're picking up a random book. I, I don't think, unless they already owned it, I, I just don't think they were heading to do that. They were heading to pick up a random book that was a surprise book because if they wanted to buy that book, they probably could have bought that book, you know? <laughs> so I don't think it's yeah. hurting them. So I think, like, you know, you don't need to feel bad at all, Jennifer. That's what I'm saying. You're you're released of any book guilt, and I say give that that author a little bit of... Um, a good, a good review or a shout out on social media or something so that author gets the may not get the money from the sale but you know can get something else that maybe a person who would have bought the book may not be on Goodreads or something like that
0: yeah this is a this is wow very murky uh, murth, murky ethical spot I feel like uh, we need our uh, Judge Judy gavels out um, so this one this is a tough one uh, without knowing more information about the bookstore also um so, is this a bookstore? Does it does it sell used books as a benefit to the local book community? Um, she is, says if it's, it's a nonprofit. It's a nonprofit. Yeah, but I don't know if it's a if it's a used or new bookstore. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. So, if it's operating as a nonprofit, it, it might be okay, you know. But for a regular bookstore, that would definitely be a no-no. Uh, something I used to love, uh, but I don't. I haven't really been there in person in a long time. But my uh, my local bookstore that. Uh, is a, which is a store that I fucking adore is Skylight Books, and for their members, they used to what they would do is every Sunday they would put out a box of arcs, and if you bought a book, uh, they would give you could get your pick of whatever was in the arc bin, which mm. is something that I really really like. Um, but I, what I think Jennifer needs to do if you feel weird about them selling you an arc, which you should, uh, just email or next time you're there in person, ask them where that money is going. You know be like okay hey hey this book is is not a book <laughs> it's an advanced review copy um which is another thing Is if that five dollars you're not getting the a full book you're getting a book that has not been corrected your money uh is not getting you uh like a, a regular hardcover paperback book so you have every right to be like hey i paid for this thing that isn't actually a book uh where is this money going? And if they say, "Hey, thanks for the five bucks," it's going to help a fellowship for local writers, and that's fine, and that's awesome. Like, but, but
1: I don't think that if you're buying this book that's covered in paper, is there a guarantee that I don't? I mean, maybe there is a guarantee that it will that it is a full on
0: uh, book. Yeah, book. I feel like if you were like, hey, if it's the, the, to have it have this like un like unknown date with a book and then you don't get a book, I would be a little bit like, hey, what the fuck? This is an ARC. It's not an actual book. I'm not getting the full, um, I'm not getting my full experience okay, here. Okay, but if this was like a real
1: date, okay, this is a real date. You show up at the it would, restaurant. It would be like a 12-year-old at a trench now, coat showing up to your date. No, it would be like a, a doppelganger. Person. It'd be like a doppelganger <laughs> from another universe. Yes. <laughs> and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> Bring is like, give me that doppelganger. Let me let me kiss that doppelganger. Take me back to another dimension with you. Close <laughs> enough. Um, <okay. laughs> um, yeah, but I don't think that. that I, what I'm saying is, I don't think she's like, oh, I didn't get a book to display on my shelf. No, I.
0: I'm just bringing different. There's there's a lot of, di- and that's where things with arcs get so murky. So there's one hand, you're not you're paying for something that you you haven't 100 percent gotten, uh, but also something it's not even what what a lot of folks need to remember is it's not even just money going to the author and the publisher that's a sale that they didn't get Mm -hmm. there so so someone out there in the universe is reading this book but there's no record of it and authors book sales are their lifeblood you know what i mean totally i
1: see what you're saying i think my theory is that this person wouldn't have bought it anyway but that could be right could be wrong i mean you never know i guess jennifer could let us know if she would have bought that book (laughs)
0: Yes. But, but again, like if this is a used bookstore that operates as a nonprofit and they're using that $5 to help, you know, give to a local writer so they can fucking eat, like that's fine. I just don't know. We I feel like we don't know enough about this bookstore to, to, to say, but I think the, the long and short of it is that like a hundred percent, like you said, Briette, Jennifer is not in the wrong. She didn't do it like obviously she had no way like she didn't choose this arc. But I think to uh, Jennifer, the best thing for you, if you're feeling weird about it, which you have every right to is to just be like, hey, where's my money going? And if they tell you that it's just going to some great charitable book thing, then that's fucking fine. Or it's just like, like Jennifer understands. And I think like Jennifer can do what she can
1: do. To, yes. to, to, and obviously she supports this bookstore. She likes this bookstore. Like, I, you don't have to throw this bookstore out with the bathwater. You know what I mean? That's my other argument yes. that I'm like, this was, who knows too? It could have also been a mistake made by one of the employees who didn't know better. Like, you never know. Yes. Like that, that's well, the other thing. And like, they may not know that they're not supposed to sell ARCs like this employee. And like, you can be like, hey, an ARC ended up in this book. Section and they could be like, oh shit, we didn't mean for that to happen, you know?
0: Yeah, it might be a volunteer who doesn't know totally. either way. Mm-hmm. And well, and the other the other thing about the new used thing is that if it was a used book in there, it wouldn't benefit an author anyways, even though it would have been an actual book. So again, without knowing how this bookstore operates, like there's so many ways that this could have, like you said, could have been a mistake or there's just there's a lot of stuff going on, but the. the best way to figure out is fucking ask <laughs> it's yeah. just to is is just to to know but jennifer you didn't do anything wrong and i think brie is right if you're feeling weird about it you know review it talk about it pop talk about it online if you like the book try to do something nice for that author because you know we know as writers it's weird to have a bunch of unfinished copies of something you made out in the world with mistakes in it and it feels like you know it's it's strange i i we, i have had uh interesting incidents where people came to events with of with arcs that they bought somewhere and i was just like oh this puts both of us in such a weird position <laughs> so yeah everyone's just doing their best that's the moral of the story <laughs> Uh, So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy and Jessica who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. We're still over 1,000. We're still trying to figure out something special to do. Folks, if you have ideas of some kind of interesting thing or episode or live event you want us to do to celebrate 1,000 reviews, Email it. You can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail You can find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. podcast. Although, folks, I will say both me and Bria are off of Twitter right now, so the Reading Glasses Podcast page is a little barren. <laughs> it is. There's some tumbleweeds blowing down the lane uh, of of the Reading Glasses Twitter account, but we'll be. I will be back on eventually. Uh, but if you've been wondering why that has been not very active, that is why. I'm trying to finish girly drinks. Bria is uh, is promoting a movie and a book. We're both very, uh, for various reasons, not on Twitter right now. But So don't worry. We are not ignoring you. uh, But definitely the best way is always to to email us. Uh, But we're also, we're on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. We've been doing stuff on Instagram. I have not left uh, uh, Instagram yet. Um, And Bria's still on there, too. Instagram's just full of cat pictures. It's great. Yeah. Uh, And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks Thanks for for reading. reading. Find anything? Julius called out to Kenji. The boy was sitting at one of the workstations, reading a thick, leather-bound book beneath the glow of a desk lamp. Not about the key, but this. Kenji glanced between the book and Julius. Just get over here. He waited frantically for Julius, and the older boy rushed to meet him. Piper, however, approached Camilla, who was sitting at the base of the bookshelves, nose-deep in a book. Several other tomes surrounded her. It was dangerous to interrupt any reader. Piper herself had once snapped at Atticus for interrupting her during the final pages of a novel, and Camilla probably had the tenacity of twenty readers combined. Piper proceeded with caution from The Girl in the Witch's Garden by Aaron Bowman.